Welcome here to sportsstats.ie. I'm Darren Kelly and it's time for the Fair Green, our weekly feature with a past or present player looking at their career so far, their hopes for the future, and then they get to make or break lifelong friendships when they name their Fantastic Four. Well, my guest this week has been Limerick's leading light over the last decade and will be the instigator for their hopes of going even further over the course of the 2020. She's an All-Ireland winning captain. She's an All-Ireland medal in Crow Park and she hasn't done too bad on the club circuit in recent weeks. Of course, I'm talking about Limerick Camogie's Quiva Costello and Quiva, welcome to the Fair Green. Hi Darren, how are you? Thank you for having me. Pleasure is absolutely ours. And Quiva, we'll be talking about Limerick, we'll be talking about other bits over the next half an hour or so, but let's talk about the last few weeks because in a dare, everything has been going very, very well. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you wait so long for one all our, or one county title and then they both come together. Um yeah, we've had a lovely few weeks in Adair, I suppose. Uh, we were very lucky that we got to play for the last 10 weeks or so. And it was week on week. We were winning matches. And I think one positive result in Camogie probably fed into football and vice versa. And we kind of just got on a roll. And uh, the further we went in the championship, the more likely it looked like we were we could, uh, we could end our year in silverware. Because I suppose we've had difficult years in in Camogie for the last five or six years. So to finally make that breakthrough uh, with the junior title was something very, very special. And then in football, it was unique because it was the first time we'd ever uh, won uh, with our senior team as well. So uh, a very, very special few weeks and um, privileged to have been part of such two wonderful groups. It's a great way to, well, I want to say finish off the year, but... Uh, is it like is there options now in regards to Munster series or all that to the new year? Certainly, no camogie would be after Christmas anyway. Is football football? No, we finished up, so it was nice. It was nice knowing that the finals were were the end of it. Um, I suppose in Limerick, our intermediate teams play in the junior competitions in both, so um, we knew that we knew that we weren't going to be competing um, at Munster level. Now, I wouldn't mind. As I said, we were on a roll. And I would imagine we've two very ambitious groups there in ladies football and in Camogie. And I'm sure we would have given it a right crack. But look, we have intermediate now in the next couple of years. And if we can win that, I'm sure um, we'd only be too delighted to go on and represent Nimerick um, in the junior competitions. And it's moving up the levels as well, like you've done with Limerick too. But even just talking about it there, because we're very aware, we, we always say we talk about the clubs in this show and we never really get around to doing it. Like, you know, so while we're talking to there, let's, let's talk about this. Of course, the Camogie first thing was Galbally beating the final. That was a couple of weeks ago as well. And uh, as you said there, you were waiting so long to get over the line with them. And in the football, um, Sure, it just was perfect. Nine five to five points. You got one one as well, and that was the first ever victory for the group as well. Surely, you just you you can't dream this. No, couldn't. And uh, like I was saying, you know, the absence of victory in so long probably made it that little bit more sweet. And I suppose with the Camogie. I've probably grown up, I probably supported Galway Camogie a little bit due to the fact that my cousin was going out with Ashton Connolly at the time now he's married to her. And Ashton uh, decided to play uh, Camogie with us in Adair and she was such a fantastic addition. And I suppose growing up, looking at her and going to All-Irelands and uh, seeing her compete in Crow Park and then to get to play with her and win a county title, dream stuff really and um, a huge privilege to have played with her and I hope maybe next year she'll stay playing with us because she's been such a fantastic addition to our team and uh, then as regards to football you know it was a different kind of an age group we had lots of younger girls playing 
and just see them making the breakthrough. I know we won 10 years ago, we won the junior with our club and I suppose I was very conscious of the fact that success doesn't always, you know, breed success and things like that. Um, so I made sure that the younger girls knew just how important and how special the victory was and to treasure it because you never know when, you, when you're when you going to win. Because I, if you told me I had to wait another 10 years to win a title with a deer, I probably would have left you. I would have said, no, sure, we're going we're going places. So um, just to savour it really and delighted to have got the, the back-to-back or, you know, two back-to-back uh, weekends of uh, county final results in, in our favour. The question I have to ask you, did you give them homework in Our Ladies on the Monday? <laughs> Either <laughs> <No>. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> they got a break. They got a break. I know um, it was beautiful. It was fabulous. You know, I'm privileged to teach in the locality where I grew up and I get to teach alongside some of the teachers that taught me and just that community uh, spirit is just incredible and the school made a huge deal out of getting to the county final and at times I tried to block that out but um, it was really really special uh, those few days in the build up to the camogie they did a red and black day both, both Fridays ahead of the finals and then to go back in on the Monday as county champions was just so lovely and um, very grateful to all the parents and all the children and um, the staff as well that came to support me both days um, because, you know, community is everything and these these are really, really special days and if I can encourage any of the younger girls in the class or in the school to play camogie and play football, um, I think my job will be a little bit done, you know, in that, kind, in that regard. And you've been doing that as well, not just in regards to training camogie, but you've been there as an ambassador too. I think you were presenting national school prizes, even back when you were still a teenager, which we'll get to in a moment. But seeing we're talking about the young children and we're talking about home and a day around your alma mater, all ladies, Abby, let's go back to the very, very start. Camogie for you, and even a bit of football too. Like, you know, how did you get into playing Gilly Games? Yeah, I suppose um, Camogie probably was always my first love. And I, um, I may be at about 13 or 14. I, I went away from ladies football to kind of focus on Camogie. And I was very lucky that I was asked back to play football a couple of years ago. And we've been successful since. But um, I suppose where my love for my my mum and dad, my dad uh, played for a dare for many years and uh, won counties. And then at the same time in the early noughties. And then um, my cousin Connor played for Limerick and he, he was part of that under-21 uh, three-in-a-row team at the start of... Um, it's Conor Fitzgerald, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, Conor. And um, I suppose going to those matches and we made a big day out of it, I suppose the interest was really started from then and seeing Conor win, win, representing Limerick and winning counties. And I just loved, I loved everything about Camogie, hurling. I, I played with the boys underage in a year, played football with the boys and I just loved it. And I think if you enjoy something and I suppose you feel that you're some way good at it, you'll stick at it. And I got huge, I got fantastic support from my parents. They drove me here, there and everywhere. And and from my schools as well, both in primary school and in secondary school. The teachers were just so supportive and they helped me become uh, the player that I am now. And you did move up the ladder very, very quickly too. As you mentioned there about playing with the boys, um, was there just no camogie option at the time, or did it, was there camogie club there at a certain age level that you could just slot in? No, I was I was asked to play with the boys at the time. Um, I was playing camogie. I suppose I might have been under ten playing camogie, and I would have played twelves and fourteens with the girls. But at the time, there was a, a very successful boys team there as well. But they 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 asked would I like to play, and 
I played under 10s and under 12s with them for three years. And unfortunately, the rule uh, a rule came in just before we could compete and fail at that girls had to stop playing at the, by the time they reached under 13s. And I suppose maybe I'm still bitter over that. I would love to have given uh, fail. I <laughs> I'd love to have given fail a, um, a go with the boys because we had a very, very good group there as well. But no, it was just, um, I was asked to play, would I, would I be interested in playing with the boys? And um, I suppose I wanted to prove maybe that I was as good as them or just, I just enjoyed playing hurling and that was really it. There was no uh, two ways about it, really. You've been proving that sense as well as you're moving along. When did Limerick start coming? Like we've talked already about wanting to play for Limerick, but when did Limerick start calling as such in regards coming through the underage ranks? Yeah, I suppose Limerick were a little bit ahead of the time when I started um, playing. We had development squads at under 12 level and uh, we were in division, divisional sides and very lucky that I was part of uh, the city originally and then they moved us to the west. But Sheila Moynihan, who was the goalie for Limerick for many years, she was very involved with that development squad. And I suppose seeing her and knowing that she had played, that she was playing for county, it kind of showed you the path that you needed to go on. And um, at the end of primary school, then we were selected on the Limerick primary game team. I don't know that they still do that. As in, there was a monster competition at the time and... Um, it just grew from there, I suppose. I never really had any interest in going to discos or anything like that. It was, I knew exactly what I wanted and I set my sights on that. And Camogie was my first love and it still is. And um, I've just been very, very fortunate that I've stayed injury free for so long and that I've had fantastic support around me that have allowed me to play from those development squads right through um, every year to where to where we are now. Camogie is your disco. It's the thing you've the passion for. Well, afterwards as well, anyway. Camogie is now a legend. I've no doubt. Well, under 16B title in 2011, was that your first All-Ireland? Yeah, I suppose it wasn't our first taste success because we would have played the under 14 event or the, the Blitz days and we were competing at A-level and that was probably the under 14. I think we were playing in Tipperary uh, that day, that place, that was our very, very first taste of success at A level. And then I suppose at B level, I was, I don't know, at under 14 level, I was very ambitious. I thought we had a very, very good team. And I think when you compete with the likes of Cork, Galway, Kilkenny at that age group, and you can you can see that you can beat them. I think it gave me huge, and gave us as a team, huge confidence as we moved uh, through 16s and minors that we knew we could compete with those teams. And I suppose for me, when we won in 2011, the under 16 B title, I was looking to trying to win a, a 16. A, that was my first year of 16. So I was looking at, can we win the A the following year? And even when that didn't happen, I knew that we were good enough at minor level. When we came of age, when that team came of age at minor level, that we were well good enough uh, to compete and win in All-Ireland. And fortunately, a good management team uh, came in behind us and we managed to do that. But uh, yeah, I suppose All-Ireland success, whether it's A or B or senior intermediate, is very special. And um, to know you can win uh, definitely you know, helps you along the road. Quiva, I'm glad you made that point. And it's one of the reasons why I'm glad you're talking to us today, because 
I remember, I think it was, I can't remember, was it a minor or an adult game now? It caught a fin in Clare in 2013, but I remember you did a super performance against Galway that day too, and you caught my attention in regards one of the players coming through with Limerick as well, because you were part in of an underage setup and an intermediate setup, but focusing on the minor side of things first, that proved that Limerick can compete. Like they were talking recently on the show about Paulie McCarthy uh, playing um, in club and in the Limerick team in 1980. And it's hard to believe we have to go back that far for the last time the Limerick contested an All-Ireland senior final. But the signs were there that, you know, Limerick are putting a group of players together. I think you're touching on that point as well, that Limerick should believe that they can compete with any team in the country. Yeah, I think, um, I suppose when I go back to the underage, that we knew we could compete. And when we, when you can compete with these teams, it breeds confidence. I suppose maybe the confidence has gone out of us a little bit, maybe at senior level over the last couple of years, because we haven't been able to back up a good performance with um, with two, two solid performance back to back. But it does, and I think as well, it kind of hurts that a little bit more as well, because we are ambitious and we, we won at underage level. So it's kind of, it's just trying to get that balance right, you know, trying to see maybe where we can improve and how we can take the next step. But Limerick are, they have been good enough. And I think it's just, I think Pauline alluded to actually yesterday on the German Dave show when she was talking that in Limerick, we kind of have a tendency for good groups of players to come together in one shot. And then when that team passes on, passes on the bat on there's kind of a gap year and we, we kind of have to build every, maybe in cycles every five or six years. So I suppose our job as play as intercounty players and as a as a county board is trying to sustain that and not have those cycles occurring that we're able to bring through a few players every year that that leads to that longevity and that kind of that that pathway to success. Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. We'll go back and do 13 and 14 because it'd be nice to finish in the high because as you said there, we were just touching on Limerick for showing the signs and I saw you in Crow Park both years in 13 and 14. But we're still talking about 13 and 14, you know, and it's good to talk about it, but you want more to talk about as well. And like we could look at 2021 and say, was there a bit unlucky in one way, but then you get the two key games weren't in one. And I guess the problems were there as well the last couple of years. How frustrating has it been that there's been managers chopping and changing? There was a few players now available in 20 and there was the Westmead game and so forth. Like, How frustrating has that cycle been, the negative cycle as such, results-wise? Because after captaining team to make an All-Ireland quarterfinal in 2019, haven't kicked on yet, haven't been back there. Yeah, it's been difficult. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's been frustrating. I don't know. Disappointing would probably be the word I'd use. Um, in nineteen, we probably saw it as a real opportunity. Probably didn't play our our best against Tipperary, but it gave us that sense of hope that twenty twenty would be able to push on. And then, for reasons beyond our control at the time, Declan Ash, who was our manager, and I felt he had done a wonderful job with his backroom team. Uh, the county board felt that he was surplus to requirements and. I suppose that kind of left a bitter taste in our as players in our mouth and we really, really fought so hard for him to return that winter. But our county board had other options had other um decisions. And I suppose then twenty twenty, I suppose that hurt of losing Declan and losing Dara and Sheila, it just didn't. Twenty twenty was a disaster really. And then I suppose COVID gave us a respite really. I suppose it gave players time to go away from Camogie and just focus because it was so, it was toxic. It was toxic. We were, players were hurting and um, 
you know, we're almost playing against their will for Limerick and the COVID break kind of gave us time to reflect. And then 2021, thankfully, we got a new county board in. They're a very, very ambitious group. And then Pat Ryan poured his heart and his soul into Limerick and we were a puck of a ball away probably from making a quarter final. Losing to Wexford really, really hurt. Uh, but we did a difficult week that week. We had a few COVID cases and um, just, look, it wasn't meant to be, but... I'm excited now for 2022, what that has in store. And hopefully 2022 will be the year that maybe we can kick on. Will we make an All-Ireland? Maybe not. But progress definitely will be back into quarterfinal and competing with the teams, you know, not not getting these huge defeats that we've be kind of become accustomed to. We can play exceptionally well against one team. Like Kilkenny this year played exceptionally well for, now we lost out, but played exceptionally well. But then, you know, you were brilliant in that game. Like yeah. I know the results about the result yeah. in the day, but I was there in where I was doing the commentary. You were absolutely brilliant and really it was a day where you stepped up and announced Limerick are back. Yes, the result didn't happen, and yes, Wexford happened afterwards. But it was great to leave that day kind of going, look, Limerick can do something this year. And yeah, no absolutely. doubt can do it next year. Yeah, absolutely. That day um really gave us hope. But I think our biggest problem is we're so we're a little bit inconsistent, you know. Um you know, that, that that game gave us huge confidence that we were able to compete with the very, very best um, in the country. And then I suppose we went out in the Munster final and Cork brought us back down to reality that, you know, so it's getting that consistency, um, I suppose. And John Lillis, we're very fortunate that he's back in with us again this year now. And hopefully he'll be able to take us that step further and uh, maybe in, just... Uh, create a plan so that that doesn't happen anymore because I think that's probably the most demoralising thing of it all is you know you do so many things right and then one game can let you down um, so hopefully look 2022 I'm hopeful that um, we can get our squad together now and um, hopefully we'll give 2022 a right, a right rattle Is it a fair question to ask like the not just as important that John Lillis is there and he has the experience his time with Tipperary as well but he's there for more than a year because you went, you touched on the Declan Nash situation coming off the back of John Toohey uh, going as well and fall out there. But of course, you've changed the managers and we're hopeful that Pat Ryan would do more than one year, but understandable why he couldn't. Limerick needs somebody that's going to be there for two or three years. That's just my opinion now and correct me if you think I'm wrong to, to make that next step because there is, there is a top four, top six spot consistent one there, but you have to drive on and take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm delighted that John has committed for the next couple of years. Pat obviously was disappointed and I'm sure he would have liked to have given longer, but um, he poured his heart and his soul into Limerick over the last year. So if he, he couldn't, he couldn't balance his new job or his new, um, his new career and Limerick Camogie wouldn't have been fair to him. Um, I'm excited now for the next two year, two, three years that with John Lillis, I suppose you see with the successful teams in across Hurling football and Camogie, you know, the successful teams probably have the managers that are there for the last five years, you know, five years or so. Like you look at Cork, how long they had Paddy Murray for and the success he brought. You look up to Galway and you see, you know, they've had Cahill Murray for a few years. And I think that continuity, you can build on the previous year and build on your mistakes maybe and having the same people involved, you know exactly what's expected of you. And there's a clear plan. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what John what John and his his backroom team can can bring to Limerick and hopefully uh, they can help us push on. 
John, very good manager too. Just want to point out as well, Pat has given back to Limerick Camogie with sponsoring county championships as well. And it was a genuine reason why he couldn't be there. And glad that that's why we're talking about a change in management in, in Limerick too, because uh, we, we've, we've touched on the other situations already. I won't harp on them. Just as we're talking at the moment here now at Cleveland, of course, we're talking a few weeks before Christmas. Is a plan in place at the moment? Is, is anything discussed? I know you won't give me state secrets, but of course, we're talking about February, getting back in the field to play all going according to plan. Have you already started moving? Moving towards 2022. Yeah, we've had a, we've had um, John has touched base with a good few players now, and we've started our preseason testing and things like that. So he's he, we we have a good few girls as well in our in both team or in our senior team that are still involved with club action, and they're waiting to see you know where that takes them. So yeah, we're we're dipping our toes in. I'd say now to be honest, we're not we're not gone uh, going full full tilt just yet, but. Um, you know the WhatsApp groups have been created, and yeah, we've been we've starting to be tested now and getting back in the gym. I wouldn't fancy going out training on a night like tonight. No. I, <laughs> so I'll take I'll take the gym. I'll take the gym, uh, and it's an excitement. It's, it's great. You know, we have a few new players that are going to make step up from junior, and uh, a good few girls from minor level as well that will come in training with us. So it'd be exciting. It's exciting, and there's a few good young girls there. Um, that will breed a small bit of freshness into the, the whole situation as well. Is John taking on the two teams as well, like Pat Lester? No, just the one. Uh, just yeah, the one. senior, yeah, just senior this year, yeah. There's now been we're, no- talk- we're talking about John Lillis back in Camogie with Limerick. Of course, another person back this winter in Camogie is a certain Joe Quaid. Uh, back with, uh, with Kildare I've said it on the record before I've no problem saying it. I can never understand why he left the Limerick Camogie job in the first place but look we're, we're moving past all that. Uh, he of course not just as a, a, a great person in Limerick curling history, but a great, per, uh, important person in your career, as well as Willie Banks too, that uh, you mentioned earlier on, because he uh, t- took the leap on you to make the step up to the intermediate team back in 2013. I owe Joe an awful lot because at the start, I suppose, when I was back in 13, I suppose he rang my dad at the start. He'd ring my dad. I was that young, God help us. But um, he rang my dad, I suppose, Christmas time in 2012 and asked would I be interested in coming in. And I suppose I did. I wasn't sure. I wasn't. I really, really wasn't sure. But um, Joe managed to convince my dad, probably, and myself that you know to come in and give it a go. That that he was excited by maybe what I had to offer, and I, I'm very, very grateful he did because you know, in 13 we got to an All Ireland final. 14 we managed to win it, and I was so young. Um, for him to put faith in me and uh, to you know start around girls like Liam Mulcahy, uh, Sarah Carey. Deirdre Fitzpatrick, all these great girls that have played for Limer for many years, for him to put that trust in me, um, I'm very, very grateful for. And so I haven't looked back since. You've mentioned a few of the players there as well. You've mentioned a few earlier on, but you came in as a 16 year old into this panel, like, you know, like, this is the dream. This is what you wanted, like, you know, since you saw Connor playing and since you picked up a stick yourself. And you're settling into that and all of a sudden you're picking up responsibility, taking up responsibility very, very quickly and an awful lot to take in. And even as we mentioned over a two year period, an awful lot happened. I think I was, you know, we we'd so many good leaders in that team. I never, I never felt really under pressure, really. I knew, I suppose I was best when I just tried to go out and play as best I could for every game. You know, that was the way I took it. And, um, you know, the girls had faith in me, which I suppose is a huge thing. And I suppose it's try it's probably what I try to try to instill now in the younger girls um that are coming in now, you know, just to back yourself, back your ha- have you have plenty of ability that, you know, you don't need to pretend to be anyone that you're not like just um 
do your job as best you can and uh, look, everything else will look after itself then. Work hard, believe in yourself and anything is possible. 2013, you're in Crow Park. I remember it well. It was so, so you were so close at the end, like, you know, two point ball game. But that experience was there despite the disappointment of losing the match. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, I suppose. Thankfully, in 14, we won because I can't really re- remember a whole pilot in 2013 of the 2013 match. I can remember uh, losing after. I can remember being on the field, but it kind of, it was a little bit of a blurb and it was so hard. Oh, the, the pain of it was was cruel. And um, I suppose I remember being in the huddle after the match and kind of not even really wanting to be there. But there was talks of 2014 that day on the pitch and just I think 13 stood to the likes of myself and Rebecca Dilly so much when we went back in 14 with the minors you know we felt we were leaders we you know you you played on the biggest stage you played in Crow Park it helped immensely and I think it took me it took me a while my friends are telling me it took me a while to get over get over the hurts in 13 even though I can't really remember it now because even as you say that as well well the dream is to be there of course, you the dream is to win. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, whether you're 17, whether you're 27, it's immaterial. And you're carrying that then. But you made a very good point there because I was going to go stay with the intermediates, but I'm going to go back and let's talk minor because you made a great point there. A disappointment of an intermediate loss fuels, let's call it straight, well, definitely one of the best two, if not the best, the biggest day in Limerick, uh, Camog- recent Limerick Camogie history because Limerick didn't just win a minor All-Ireland title. You won the A minor All-Ireland title and you beat Cork. Am I taking a replay, but you beat Cork to do it. And I definitely do think it stood to us. It stood, we'd never played in a, we had never played in an A final, but we had enough girls that had, had experienced 2013 and the hurt of 13 that it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I, and as I alluded to earlier, like competing with the, the, those top teams from under 14 all the way through and winning some, losing some, we knew we were good enough. And um, it was only a matter of time before we made the breakthrough and, I'm just so glad that we had a great bunch of players together in that in 2014. Limerick were on a roll, but in intermediate, everything was going right for Limerick. And I suppose both 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 teams nearly fed off each other because we had won. We, what we had done with minor was never done before in Limerick Camogie uh, circles. And then I suppose intermediate, we we knew that we were well capable, having been there the year previous. You were captain of that minor team. You did the scoring as well, but you also led that side. And of course, you beat Cork, yes, but you had to do it the second day. And sure, don't they always say you, you, never, you don't beat the favourites the second day? When the first game finished in the draw, what was the mindset like with you? Because again, a young team in Ireland final getting away again, bought you to pick yourselves up because you're not beaten, you're there. And boy, we feel like he, he performed the next day. He didn't just beat Cork, he beat them out the gate. Yeah, no, I don't know. For me, I just kind of regrouped. I knew that, you know, and I think playing with the seniors helped me refocus. I just, yeah, look, we're still in it. We're still in it. We weren't beaten. I think the first day in Kilmallock, we were we were very dominant for large parts, but then at the end, we were nearly clinging on. So I felt we nearly got out of jail. We played very, very well the first day, but still felt like we were hanging on near the end. And then I suppose that second day, we just nothing was going to get in our way we started well I suppose we were I think we were down at half time actually 
but still I always knew, do you know, you just, do you know, there's a feeling that you get, you know, there's a real sense of belief and it's not even, it's not hope. It's a genuine belief that you're good enough and that you're going to win. And um, I had that that day and I say, I'd say a lot of girls had it that day, do you know, that these are very, very unique opportunities and when they come around, just take them. And that was a special 14 that day in Charleville was very, very special. And um, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm just, I'm very, very lucky to have been part of a group that came together that had ambition and that got over the line because, you know, it, they're, they're rare days and I'm just very fortunate that I was part of a group like that. And you got to lead them as well. Like, you have to tell me what it was like to go up to pick up the trophy as well. And it was you, you're the person chosen to lift up Limerick's first All-Ireland Minor title. Yeah, it was... I suppose at the time I wasn't, you don't look back, like at 18, I think probably I was a little bit ignorant, maybe I'd say, because I always saw it as a stepping stone. I suppose it's only now when I look back and at 25 and say like, you know, did, I didn't I didn't appreciate it enough. My dream is still ultimately to go up the steps of the Hogan, you know, and when I was younger, I probably wanted to collect the Lee McCarthy, but for obvious reasons, that's not possible. But um it was special now looking back. I've I've a greater appreciation for it now than I would have had back in 2014 because I suppose I've had hard years since and I should have savoured it a little bit more. I had probably my speech planned in my head, but sure, did I say any of what I had planned to say that I'd been dreaming for left up until that point? But it was great. It was a privilege um, because any any number of girls could have could have captioned that team and, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to have been chosen and, yeah, privileged. It was a real privilege. Just to go away from your career for a moment, you mentioned the Lee McCarthy Cup. Of course, Limerick now are living through a, a wonderland at the moment with the lads. You know what I mean? Like, uh, as a Limerick player, you're also a Limerick supporter. What's it like being a Limerick fan based on what they've achieved over the last four years? Yeah, they're incredible. They're fantastic ambassadors. And I suppose in a day where extremely lucky to have Declan and Ron involved and Declan being captain of the teams and he's just such he's such a cool character um just so delighted I'm you dream of as as every young girl and young boy dreams of playing for Limerick and the fact that the boys have been able to live out their dreams I'm so delighted for them I know a few of them and um just I would hope that it would continue for a good few more years love supporting them um, I'm probably a better supporter than I am a player, to be honest. Um, but I love it. I love I love um, the fact that Limerick were on the crest of a wave and long may it continue. Of course, just as you mentioned, Declan Hannan, of course, with GA President Larry McCarthy's listening, he's from Adair, just to clear that up. His brother has coached the Camogie team with you in the school, isn't that right? Yeah, Jody. Jody, um, Jody works with me uh, in school and uh, another fantastic role model for the girls and for the boys. Uh, he coaches, he coaches the under thirteen boys team as well. So Jody's very, very involved in the community, and um, he's as passionate as they come, and loves his club, loves his county, and um, yeah, very, very good uh, friend and work colleague. Yeah. Let's go back to 2014. We're riding the crest of a wave, All Ireland winning captain. Like you're on a roll all year. I remember you beating the Din All Ireland Senior Champions Galway in the league um, earlier in the, earlier in the year as well. And of course, you're in now the All Ireland Intermediate Series. Crow Park is the target. You're back there. You're playing Kilkenny. Uh, I think Kilkenny were in the senior final that day too. So there was probably a bit of momentum with them as well. 
but this time Limerick we're not going to be denied yeah no way and I think we we learned a lot from 13 as well I think uh, we learned about the day and what the day will entail I think in 13 we went up we went up in the morning we got a bus and we went up and I think girls were up at six o'clock in the morning and it made it a very very long day because we were on it I think we were on it two or something like that but it made it a very very long day and um we were very fortunate the Moran family put us up in Dublin on the Saturday night and looked after us very very well that in 14 they did and um we just learned a lot from it you know and no we weren't going to be beaten I think there was there was it was it's hard to describe you know that morning's hotel there was just everyone there was just a concentration there was there was just something in the room that uh father chris a famous priest down here and down our side he came up and he said mass for us and it was just a lovely but there was de- all those side shows didn't matter we knew that we had a job to do and it didn't matter whether we were playing in the gaelic grounds or in Crow park uh we just weren't going to be beaten that day take me to the final whistle and everything from there on special for me, I suppose it was doing being doing the double and the relief of the relief of winning, you know, just getting over the line. I think that was probably the overarching team of after for the first few minutes after and I think Neve Mull was the first person that um we embraced after the match and then getting to see my mum and dad and my brother was very, very small at the time. He was only about four or five. Um, getting him out onto the pitch was lovely and you know it was very special a huge contrast to the year before you know where you're we were devastated and you just wish you were couldn't you didn't want to be in Crow Park so the, the ability to contrast both those days was lovely Um, I think again did I appreciate it probably not enough if I got back there I would I would oh, yeah, but, but even now looking back and I know like it's time this is all happening you're 18 years of age like you know what I mean and there's so much is going on so it's understandable that you know you're, you're you're just rolling with it at the moment and it worked out because the results were coming the homecoming I've no doubt there was a great reception in Limerick when you got back I'm trying to think where do we even go I can't oh the Woodlands it was the Woodlands and um, they've been fantastic supporters Mary David Connor Lane and Richard they've been fantastic supporters to us and um, yeah that was that was special because you know as as Camogie you're never really sure how much media attention you're going to get or how much of a stir you create but uh, driving into the Woodlands you know was fabulous they had the the fire light and you know um, turf was burning and there was a huge crowd there was a huge huge crowd and a lot of my um, my aunts and their children were there, and it was lovely, just a fabulous, um, fabulous occasion. And um, that's something I probably look most fondly on was that day being able to come back to the hotel that evening and come back where where you're from, really, and to have all those people are surrounded by by those people was very very special. It's a very, very special weekend as well and a very special year. And of course, there's two other parts of that year that we should discuss before we start um, uh, getting near the finish. A soaring star for yourself personally. You know, like I know, it's, uh, and we say it all the time here, I know it's not about individual things, but of course, it's great feeling as well when you are acknowledged for everything that you've given to your respective teams over the year. Yeah, I suppose at the time, I felt a bit like a fraud. I think there was there's there were so many other girls that probably deserved that award an awful lot more than I did. But it was a privilege. Um, it really, really was. And to be nominated, just even to be nominated for it, 
was special and yeah I, I I'm delighted to have it and I suppose uh, we had a difficult time as well around that time that my mum lost her her mother and Mary Fitzgerald my aunt had lost her husband and it was just nice it was nice for the family I suppose it kind of gave them a lift when they probably needed it and uh, we had a lovely night in uh, City West that evening and just um yeah, I, I look, I, I'm very fine. I'm delighted to have been given it, but I do feel there were probably more deserving girls on that starting 15, maybe that deserved that little bit more than I did. I'm sure if I was talking to some of them, they'd be saying the same about yourself. I actually like that humility as well. Like, you know, it's it's a great trait to have. With all that was going on in 2014, and of course you're getting extra media limelight as well. Like, you know, people are starting to know you as a player. It's a small matter of the leaving start to get done as well. God. I just wanted to get that over and done with, to be honest. Um, I did say to myself, it's ridiculous, like, but I did say to myself when I went into leave and search, it didn't matter what I got in the leave and search. I was, I, my priority was to win the, the intermediate. It didn't matter. And it's so silly to think when I think back, like, what was I thinking like that? But very lucky. I um, I had fabulous teachers back in Glossina, Troke and Raquel. And I got over the line. Um, did a good, a good leave and search, but I... To be honest, I tra- I can laugh about it now, but I trained all the way through my leaving search and I trained right up. I think I took two weeks off when I was actually sitting the exams. And even on the Friday nights, Rebecca Lee was doing her leaving search at the same time we'd go training on Friday nights. And that outlet of train going training was huge, was huge for me. And I think it helped it helped me long term in our, you know, it helped me in my leaving search. I'm hundred percent that having that balance. Um, that it wasn't all stress about the leave insert. And um, I'm fully convinced that having camogie and having that outlet uh, two evenings a week definitely helped me have a better, sit a better leave insert. I like that point, and I've said it even regards my own children. I don't want them giving up everything in the leave insert year because it adds stress to the, to what it is. And even as you were saying there, have that out. They took a few weeks off beforehand, like, you know, to focus on it. But it's important, and this again, this is me giving a, giving an opinion or something, that even have we have something going on once a week, if not twice, to forget about it because you come back fresher and it's probably what worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it gave I worked harder then, I suppose, during the week, you know, to make up for the two evenings that I was going training. And I suppose it helped me structure my day an awful lot more because I knew I knew I was going training at six o'clock. So I had to have all my homework done. I had to have my study done by then. And it made me very disciplined, I suppose. My man might tell you it made me lazy, but... Um, <laughs> Take a read that sore too. <laughs> there, isn't it? But um, no, for me, yeah, I'd be a firm believer that don't give up everything, play something. You know, for that hour, you're not... That head, you have a clear headspace. You don't have to be thinking about, oh, I need to go home and revise that. Or, yeah, I couldn't. And even in school, I say it all the time, you know, the girls play as many sports as you can because it's it's great. It's just the, the benefits out, outweigh the, the negatives, really. There's a better escape, too, than just sitting in front of the television and watching whatever whatever is on as, on as well. Like, it strikes me in, um, that you've that work-life balance very, very down to a T, like, you know, because, like, I, I'm aware there that um, you've been selected for MIC GPA scholarship scheme there recently as well, like, you know, along with your job and preparing to play for Limerick as well. Is that something you're always very conscious of? This? Obviously, you have to have a career. You're looking for a life past Camogie as well, but also to have that balance that you can give the best to everything you're involved in. Yeah, I suppose uh, when the GPA scholarship came up, 
I discussed it with um, my school principal and she's hugely supportive of everything that I've done in the past. She was my teacher when I was growing up and, you know, she was very, very supportive of taking the step into, into further education. And I suppose I was very lucky that Richard Bowles uh, inside Mary Eye um, offered to take me on as a, as a research student and lucky that I, I, I'm, I'm researching something I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm looking at competition in girls and the effects that uh, competition has on dropout and retention rates um, in sports. So, yeah, I think it's important that you could be defined as Cuiva the Camogie player or in school, Moontor Cuiva. But I think it's just, you know, for myself, you know, to set different challenges and um, just to go after it, really. It's a, it's a different, it's a different type of... Um, a different type of um, target that I've set myself and um, hopefully, hopefully I'll get through it. I said, I said the whole world knows I'm doing one anyway. So I, bet, <laughs> I, bet, I better do it well when I'm doing it. I've no doubt you will. And it's a, it's a good motto as well to challenge them too. There's so much more we can go through. I just saw the time there. So I, I, just two questions before we go to the last segment of the show. Very quickly, we're back when you were in school yourself. Tell me about... Um, you're raising the automation studios in Oxford and the replay and representing Camogie and that. That must have been very cool. That was cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, it was my first, that was that was a big adventure for me, I suppose, at 18. I lived at home all the time and still live at home. But that was a huge, I went off to Oxford on my own. I had to get in the plane and Shannon on my own. That was very, all that, that experience was all new. Uh, and then going over to Oxford and, Getting to represent Camogie, that was lovely. That was a real privilege, um, to be honest. It was just, you know, of all the players they could have picked um, to be chosen was um, was very, very special. And along Cuiva Moan from Monaghan Ladies Football, she went over as well at the same time. And um, that was cool. It was just so different. It was just something that I'd never experienced before. They were putting little beads all over my body and then tracking my movements as I just hit the ball or rose the ball. It was... Um, yeah, very unique, and I'm delighted. I was, you know, it was a unique opportunity for me, and I'm glad that that I was asked, privileged to be asked, and glad that I um, accepted it. Is that to help, like, say, the enhanced training and statistics and technology and things like that are probably benefiting from now, even a few years later? I'm not entirely sure. I don't really know. Um, it was to do with the European kind of council, you know, uh, just heritage sports and things like that and keeping you know I suppose if if hurling god forbid ever was to disappear that there'd be some record of you know how how to how they how we played it back in the day I suppose um don't really know what what result what 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 result what but look god knows in 10 years time it could be it could be useful well, we do know it's there now, so Quiva Costello lives forever in Camogie, regardless of what happens down the line. <laughs> Finally, is Nathan Carter and Wagon Wheel still your go-to song? No, I've changed. I still love it. I like with Nathan Carter. If you listen to my playlist, God help us, you get anything from Mary Black, Aoife Scott, the girls in school probably are sick of listening to Aoife Scott. I have George Ezra. Dermot Kennedy you're like, you're like myself good songs and mixed bag of yeah. artists the girls I'm sure if I was I will never be in charge of uh, Limerick <laughs> Sports because they think they, I, I like a little bit of I like a little bit of everything I like a bit of Bees Wings no 
Nathan Carter, still put him on, but yeah, uh, I like to listen to all sorts. I'll have to organise what you call it a post-match trip with the Limerick Camogie team sometime providing the Cueva Costello does DJ. <laughs> Cueva, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and again we could go through so much more but hopefully we get the chance to do it again. Thanks for joining us on the show. Now we're not done with you yet. We still one bit of business to do before we wrap up and no doubt you had great fun going through this. In a moment, Cueva is going to name her Fantastic Four. Uh, the two best players that she's played with. Now they can be club, county, college, any criteria, Cueva, you decide yourself and the two best players that you've played against so far. So Cueva Costello, when you are ready, the best player you played with and why? I'm going to say Neve Mulcahy. Why? I suppose she was just... Incredible. She's an incredible athlete. And I suppose everyone got to see maybe what she did on the field for Limerick. And she led us um, through many a game. But for me, it was what she did off the field. You know, she would be the first person training. And she'd nearly be, she'd be walking in off the field when when we would be walking into training. She'll have already done a f- almost full session practicing free striking. Just what she did for Limerick and how she held herself and a huge loss to us and I say we're still feeling the effects of her loss but yeah she was an incredible at least just an incredible attitude towards the game and bettering herself so yeah Neve would be number one up there I have to say Oh, great Limerick ambassador and she won a soaring star the same year as yourself too if I remember correctly so we've Neve Mulcahy from Limerick the second player you played with and why? Yeah this hard one um, I suppose I'm leaving out so many people here, but Sarah Carey, uh, again from Limerick, just top class. You know, she when she played at six, I don't think any team in the country would have liked in f- trying to eliminate Sarah Carey, you know, or nullify her effect. She was, she is, and still is awesome, you know. And again, far beyond the field, I suppose getting to play with her and train with her. Sarah had Nikki uh, a couple of years ago and within a year she she was, I think she was 16 weeks pregnant when she had Nikki and she was playing, we played Cork in a league match and she came back and she played and having that balance, you know, just organising herself and having the ambition after having Nikki to want to play for Limerick again just is incredible and I have huge admiration for her and I'm sure if she, uh, if John asked she'd nearly go again because she's just that type of person um, so yeah Sarah would be number two and I suppose there's a few more that I'd love to mention as well but um, for me just for what they did for Limerick and how they they trained and the effects they had on the people around them Neve and Sarah would be the top two Sarah Carey gets the second section. John, if you're listening, subtle hint, hint. Now that's for me now. I won't put quick on spot there now. Subtle hint, hint there, what you got a phone call to make. <laughs> I better say no more, I'll get you in trouble. I think Andon wouldn't appreciate that now, I suppose. Lee Mulcahy and Sarah Carey, the two selections so far. Queen, it's time to go to the players that you played against. The best player you played against and why? Still playing against her, I think. Uh, Neve Kilkenny. Uh, from Galway. She is awesome. I think that's the only word I could use to describe her. Um, just her athletic ability. She's fantastic. You know, for a girl that plays midfield or half or her ability to score, her leadership in Galway is, and I'm sure um, the Galway girls have vouched for that as well. I suppose I, unfortunately, I'm at the other end of that, but just her work ethic, her ability to get up and down the field and 
her scoring ability from midfield is outrageous. You know, scoring three, four, five points a game from midfield is no mean feat. And I think she'd slot into any any hurling team as well. She's just such natural ability. And um, yeah, Neve would be the best I've ever played against. Eve Kilkenny, a great uh, ambassador for Galway Kamogi for National Kamogi, and of course a previous guest on the Fair Green with us here as well. So we've Neve Mulcahy from Limerick, Sarah Kerry from Limerick, and Neve Kilkenny from Galway. Quiva, it's time to complete your Fantastic Four. The second player you played against, and why? Uh, caught the van from Tipperary. A little bit like Neve Kilkenny, just she would play on any hurling team and probably be the best player. She is. She, her her natural ability, her her ability to score left, right, her ability to win the ball out in front, behind, uh, her free taking quality. She's just quality, yeah. And she's just and she's a lovely, just a lovely person as well. She's just such a good person and such a fantastic role model to people in Tipperary. But also, I know she's very involved in UL Camogie as well and has been for many years. And for her to be able to give back. It's incredible. You know, she's a teacher. She plays at a very, very high level and I'm sure she sets herself extremely high standards, but also has time to give back to um, the college that had done so much for her. Caught would be number four on that. Caught Devan, a great addition to have on the Fantastic Four and it's a great selection. Just looking at the names written here in front of me. Uh, Quiva Costa, we run through your Fantastic Four one last time. Neve Mulcahy from Limerick, Sarah Kerry from Limerick, Neve Kilkenny from Galway and Caught Devan from Tipperary. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you over the last half hour, hour or so and hopefully we get to do it again in the near future. But um, delighted to speak to you. Glad you joined us here. I'm Darren Kelly. This was the Fair Green and one last time our very special guest this week, Quiva Costello from Limerick. Thank you.